Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. It is good to be back here in the home stadium of the Steve Day Show. Although I had a, a great time in Dallas last week. Thank you for joining us here. I am Steve Dace. This is the first time we've all been together here in exactly a week. Todd Erzin, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah, you are still not looking like you are 100%. Uh, I am not. My wife told me the same thing before I left, but it's just the, if I diagnose myself correctly, the the sinus infection thing, it's just a pain threshold thing now. So uh, the illness-wise, I'm... Got dude, a lot of spring in my step. Dude lost weight, which yeah. is saying something for Todd. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really? we were wondering if we were going to see you alive based on the reports oh. we were getting. I mean, it's just standard issue uh, cold, I think. But, you know, I guess I'm 51 now, and maybe it kicked me around a little different than in the uh, past, though. But when was the last time you had a fever? Oh, I don't know. 48 hours. Oh, okay. That's good to know. But Aaron, like I told you, the fevers are the, they're not, they're, they're spiking because of the sinus infection. Yeah, but when it comes to, I'm just, I just, I'm just concerned about me. I'm glad you're good, but you know, that's when you're most contagious, man, is when you're doing, is when you have But you're fevers. not contagious with a sinus infection. That's what I'm saying. I get you. If it was still yeah. cold of, yeah. of it was like days ago, then it would be different. But no, that's, it's all good. Okay. Aaron? Based, I've still not seen it yet, but based on what's in my inbox, maybe you were wondering if we were ever going to see each other again from what you produced in our overtime yep. on Friday. Yeah. I woke up and Joe's yeah. violence, apparently. You did. I, I did. I I had to stop sending you um, compliments from my inbox because they just got too voluminous. Wow. Nothing personal, but the, I mean, I, I could have literally sent you 40 or 50 more emails than, cool. than how many I've already sent you, which is probably about that many. I mean, people love that over time, and I'm now I'm kind of afraid to see it. I've not watched it yet because I had to, I had to hit I had to eject Friday and get to get on the plane, and so you did the overtime all by your lo- your lonesome. Yep. Well, and, not really by my lonesome. Yeah, kind of a me myself and I, from what I yep. understand. Yeah. Okay. And this thing has been built up now so much in my inbox. The expectations I have for this are so high that I'm now kind of afraid to watch, you know, is it going to live up to the hype or am I going to wonder again, you know, self-awareness is dead in America. Maybe taste is gone too. You know? I, I don't think you're going to like it. I thought it was really cringy, but everybody seemed to like it. Oh, the amount of likes of this thing. That's good. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can go watch it today. If you're a blaze TV subscriber, blaze TV.com slash dates. If you're not yet a blaze TV subscriber, that's exactly where you can go and become one for just 10 bucks a month. And you can see why this was the most responded to overtime we have ever done. I think so. Do I need to watch this? Do you think? Oh, it's a love letter to the show. You think so? I think so. Okay. But is it that good? Because if uh, the, the hype machine for this thing, it, this has been all I've gotten emails about almost all weekend long was this overtime. It was intended uh, to be if, a love letter. Yeah, it was it depends, mean. But. Uh, it depends on your mood. <laughs> oh, no. That's probably true. Oh, no. I don't like how that... So the pressure's on me. Yeah. Put it on me then. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't produce it. I have nothing to do with it. But of course, it's, uh, it's I am to blame. Yeah, when... When I said that, depends on your mood, everybody in America just nodded at home like, yes, that's exactly right. Well, it does. couldn't you say that about almost anything? For you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this graphic I posted on Twitter uh, this morning. 
about where things stand in the housing market with uh, mortgage rates now officially at 8%. And the Housing Affordability Index is now at a record low. Housing affordability has collapsed 50% since 2021. 50%, guys. This is, this is Great Depression stuff. It's just we have a bigger middle class than we had a century ago. We have more stored up wealth in the country than we had a century ago. We're off the gold standard, so we're, just, we're able to just print money and, and fake inflation, which you couldn't do 100 years ago. Not at the rate we're doing it now, anyway. Housing affordability is down nearly 70% in the last decade. I still live where I live because of it. Is, is housing kind of important? Yes. Yeah. What, what has traditionally been the sign of a healthy middle class? The uh, Home ownership. Yeah, the ability to own your own home. This is a sign, folks, that you just just be ready, okay? Just it is better to have something and and not need it than to need it and not have it. So get going today. Get the three month emergency food kit. Food and shelter kind of go together, right? I mean, wife and I stopped off at the grocery store on the way home from Dallas to pick up just three bags of groceries. I asked her, "Would we spend a hundred yeah. bucks?" I was just like, what? Okay. A hundred bucks. Preparewithdace.com is where you want to go. Three-month emergency food kit. Stays good for up to 25 years. 16 different types of meals inside. So lots of variety there to mix and match. You get breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even drinks and snacks. So you get the full menu of the 2,000 plus calories of nutrition that you need every single day. And you can right now... Uh, get fat, get order it fast and get free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. Get it at a discount with free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. All right, coming up on today's show, next hour, it'll be your turn to ask me anything. That's if you follow us on Facebook. That is, Todd has selected the questions. Uh, I'm told that we got like 300 questions or something is what I was, is what I, I, I heard this week. I may have provided... Aaron more questions than ever before this time but a lot of them are, I also found it considering the news cycle I it was also more lighthearted, perhaps really? okay. in many respects so here's what we'll do maybe we'll take a few of them like we've done with buy seller hold because we haven't chosen an overtime topic yet so maybe we'll do we'll, we'll do some bonus ask me anything in uh, in the overtime if you've got that many questions yeah. For sure. That also always depends on your pacing and everything. So Okay. All right, so that's coming up next hour. Our good friend, Dr. Andrew Boston, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I know a lot of you know and remember the name of the Brown University educated MD and epidemiologist from his contributions to our show during COVID. What you may not know is he has also done a lot of extensive research into the ideologies and worldviews at play in the Middle East, including writing... He sent us a copy of that last year. What was that thing like? That's a tell 5,000 pages that, was the book that he wrote. That and I'm only slightly exaggerating. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, you're like, hey, I've never lifted weights before. Well, Dr. Andrew Boston wrote this book. <laughs> start shoulder pressing. Okay. Or, or you know, uh, you can start do deadlifting uh, with that book. 
Uh, it's pretty thick. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, let's begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the never-ending dumpster fire. The House Speaker race remains a flaming dumpster fire after Jim Jordan was ousted as the GOP Speaker nominee late last week. On Sunday, nine Republicans in the House announced they're running for Speaker now. It's unclear what the plan is here, so totally on brand for this entire debacle. Meanwhile, at the border, it's now official. According to Customs and Border Patrol, there were 269,735 illegal alien encounters at the southern border in September, making it the highest single month ever recorded. Customs and Border Patrol reports fiscal year 2023 now finishes with 2.47 million encounters, also the highest annual total ever recorded in a single year. Glitch McConnell, your thoughts. And you've said that you believe there is enough oversight of aid to Ukraine. Why hasn't that persuaded some members of the of the Republican? Caucus. If you look at the Ukraine assistance, let's let's talk about where the money is really going. A significant portion of it's being spent in the United States in 38 different states, replacing the weapons that we sent to Ukraine with more modern weapons. So we're rebuilding our industrial base. That's what President Biden's seeking to do. It's it's correct. No Americans are getting killed in Ukraine. We're rebuilding our industrial base. Uh, the Ukrainians are destroying the army of one of our biggest rivals. I have a hard time finding anything wrong with that. The Supreme Court has granted cert in the landmark free speech case in the digital era, Missouri v. Biden. It'll take up questions regarding standing, whether the federal government and coercing and colluding with social media companies to suppress opinions inconvenient to narratives violated the First Amendment and on the legitimacy and scope of the preliminary injunction already in effect, freezing Fed-led speech policing. As mentioned, this will be the landmark First Amendment case in the digital era. In Minneapolis over the weekend, a pro-Hamas terrorist rally broke out. It was organized to shut down a major intersection in the city. Drone footage can be seen of a car driving into the middle of the protest before finally speeding away. Camera footage on the ground, however, shows that an elderly man was driving in his car when he was accosted and mobbed by that mob. That didn't stop various people from reporting that he had opened fire on the group. In completely unrelated news, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in New Hampshire late last week, where he continued to reiterate his position that terrorist sympathizers in the U.S. should have their visas revoked if they're not citizens. And I think what this terrorist attack in Israel has shown us is we're vulnerable from all the people that have come illegally because they have come from Iran, too. It's not just Mexico, yes. Central America, Russia, China, Middle East, all that stuff. But I think what we also saw when the blood wasn't even dry on the Israelis who had been massacred, you had people in America going out protesting in favor of Hamas. Yes. And that's like very chilling. Some of these people are not U.S. citizens. They're student visas. So as president, if you're on a student visa and you're a foreigner and you're out there celebrating terrorism, I'm canceling your visa and I'm sending you home. Meanwhile, on Truth Social, here's Donald Trump. Wow. Looks like Ron DeSanctimonious has fallen to third place and heading down in his ridiculous run to be president. Destroying Social Security and Medicare hasn't exactly helped him. In the important Emerson poll, he's dropped to 8%, 51 points behind his favorite president, me. 
Bird Brain, who may be even worse, is fighting it out with others for a very distant second place. The last debate was the lowest rated debate in history. The next and probably last one in Miami will do even worse. Republicans should not debate. They should unite in defeating the worst and most incompetent administration in the history of the United States. Make America great again. And finally, this. Welcome back, folks. We're just minutes away from kickoff as the players take the field for the national anthem. And it looks like star quarterback Kendall Stone is taking a knee. Oh, come on. Now, Dan, it's his right as an American to peacefully protest if he so chooses. We got to get this crap out of the game. Fans watch football to be entertained, not... Oh, he's praying. You love to see that. Is he praying? You know, I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely appropriate on national television. A man has every right to practice his faith and to demonstrate his love for God at a time and place where he needs God the most. You know, sometimes, sometimes I wonder, I wonder what, would what would Jesus say, say about how, how this country, country treats some, some of its citizens? citizens? Ah, okay. He's taking a knee against police brutality. Such an important conversation right now. The, the amount, amount of discrimination, discrimination and, and hate, hate that has, has been, been directed at the unvaccinated these past three years. You're right. Oh, come on. Specifically, those who are unvaccinated due to their economic status. Our football game is not the time to talk about income inequality. Yes, it is. And no low-income family is more discriminated against than the African-American. African yes. Republicans. No. The man has a right to be heard. Who are not, not afraid, afraid to say, to say that, that the earth, earth is, is flat. flat. That's from the free speech organization FIRE, and that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> that is so true, man. <laughs> Holy cow, is that mm -hmm. prophetic. I can't laugh that hard right now. It hurts oh. too much. <laughs> that is absolutely so true. That was excellent. Can, and, and since we're on this topic, very quickly, and I don't want to dwell here, I don't. Am I the only person in America that I just don't care? I'm not upset. I'm not obsessed. I, I don't I don't care who Taylor Swift is dating. I don't I don't care that she goes to the games of her date. I don't care that she cheers for him when he does well. I don't I don't care. I don't care. Is is, is there something wrong with me that I, I don't care? It doesn't bother me. And I'm I'm not like, you know, obsessed with it either i don't care i don't care i just i i i feel like even Says the kid wearing the case I, I feel like even commenting on this this is this is the catch-22 that we're all in even commenting on this for or against or not caring we're all falling for the psyop uh, you say this is why i never saw the barbie movie i just refused i mean i saw the amount of material being produced about this film. And I just said, I just, I'm not going to see it now that's, on purpose. That's funny on several levels. I don't care. 50-year-old man, that's why I never saw the Barbie movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got, you know, daughters. Yeah. My wife had an interest no, in I, it, you no, know. I, and I, give I it, that's it. She, yeah, play, she, play, that she played with Barbies her whole life growing up, you know. I mean, I just, once it <clears> became <throat> this level of football, I just, I just didn't care. I was kind of tapped out at that point. Especially because... There were just as many people on the right who saw the film and thought it was fine as, as saw the film and, you know, did obsessive amounts of episodes and blogs writing about it. You know, I'm just like, I don't care. I think it, but this is it's so, in soap operas for men that but 
football like jumped a shark a while ago where it wasn't it wasn't just the game it was the business mm-hmm. and when that fuels the motivations through and through and through um yeah you are different that you don't care mm-hmm. I, you, I don't I, I don't i just like watching football i don't really care about anything else you know I just want watching the games. I don't really but care about like anything said, else associated with it. Really, this on any another issue, because like it's you, me, it's an escape to me. So like, I, yeah. I, that's it, you know. But you have the rest of your life. Most people, the escape is the sum, is the life is the yeah. life. Yeah, I hear you. Aaron's montage brought to you by. I mean, we could just say the exact same thing we said a minute ago about the housing market, and apply it to Constitution Wealth Management as well. I mean, a ton of people are, I mean, are sitting on homes that they'd like to sell to the Urzans fam- the Urz- families like the Urzans right now, and they can't because interest rates are way too high. And so you're sitting on all of this, uh, all of this wealth, all of this equity. What do I do with it? What do I do with my retirement? Is it, is it possible to invest in a way that doesn't violate my principles? Constitution Wealth says the answer to those questions, particularly that last one, is Yes. They understand we're in a culture war of biblical proportions, and they want to help align your portfolio with your principles. They say you can be both prophetic, small p, and also profit. You can profit while being a small p profit. Go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Start building the parallel economy with them together today. They've already realigned about $10 million of wealth in our audience. That was just through the first six months of the year. So these guys know what they're doing. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Uh, again, constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to Aaron's montage. And I, I want to reiterate what I said about the speaker battle on Friday. My primary concern, I, I don't care that they're not doing anything. I, I, I don't care that it, about how it looks. That doesn't bother me. I don't care. I go back to what I said in January. Those people, when, when we had, went through this with the original speaker fight, these people have caused a lot of pain to those of us downstream for many, many years. They can feel a little bit of what they have inflicted on us, right? Those are exactly the words that I said back in January. Here is my concern. My concern is that this gambit was done without a plan. And so therefore exposed Something did get exposed here. And maybe since you were sick on Friday, you didn't hear me say this. Something did get exposed here, but it wasn't the system. Notice with every vote they took, Jim Jordan got fewer votes. Because what got exposed here was us. We're a paper tiger. We're toothless. The big bad Trump endorsement that they all were afraid to go against didn't matter here. For years, I've said on this show and and told you the whole point of the Republican Party is an incumbent protection racket so that you never know just how disconnected from you the party at a national level truly is. But now they, they don't have to fear that at all. Now they don't have to fear it at all. And so sometimes there are, you know, it's okay to have a plan. Now we're going to have this nine candidate free for all. 
And, and, and what this all demonstrates is a larger truth. And it's something back in the day before, before it was clear that the Obama era had shattered every norm of the old political paradigm. And then if you still weren't sure of that, the behavior of the American left during the Trump era confirmed it for you in spades. And so this, this, this went from political and cultural to existential in the last few years. Before that, this was a conversation we used to have on this show a lot. The Republican Party cannot govern. It's not that it doesn't want to. It can't. And the reason it can't, and this is again where a biblical worldview comes into play, and if you don't have one, you won't see it. Can two see eye to eye, or can two walk arm, to, arm in arm lest they see eye to eye? A house divided against itself cannot stand. You cannot serve two masters. Listen to what Mitch McConnell said in that clip. And, and I am gaining a strange new respect for Mitch McConnell. And here's why. He's telling you the truth now. For many, many years, he lied to you because he thought that he had to. And that's the only other, that, that's also what this Matt Gates thing has done. Instead of what happened in January is a proverbial gun got put to Kevin McCarthy's head. And he still wasn't a very good speaker, but we got more concessions out of him than we clearly would have gotten without it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had leverage, right? Yeah. Now we don't have any leverage. All you're going to do now, there's a whole new generation of, McCar of McConnell's that you just birthed out of this. Oh, it was lie to the base openly then. What are you going to do, vote for Democrats? Got to save America, don't you know? Made it worse. We don't have any leverage now. We lost it. We don't have the orange man's leverage anymore. They're not afraid of him. His people are losing right and left. They're either losing primaries or losing general elections. So they don't fear him. We at least had that going for us. And his endorsements weren't always good, right? right. But he had a lot of good ones too at the same time, right? Sure. So, I mean, chances are you don't get a J.D. Vance without Donald Trump. Fair? Don't get a Ron DeSantis without a Donald Trump. Said that the entire time, right? Yeah. So there were plenty of rhinos he endorsed, like Jim, uh, how many jabs can I put into the people of West Virginia justice? Okay. Plenty of rhinos. Plenty of worthless whitewashed tombs. His hit rate was 50-50 at best. But that 50-50 was still better than what we were getting the previous 20 years. So we were making some progress, albeit slow. <laughs> okay? We were making some progress here. Now they don't have to fear that anymore. And they won't. Now they don't have to fear us. We're banging down their doors. The phones are ringing off the hook. The inboxes are full. They don't care. So when what McConnell is telling you is we don't have to have a specific, worthwhile, strategic interest in Ukraine. But we can cynically use Ukraine as a means of rebuilding our manufacturing base, base because war is good for the economy. Now, I don't know how many of you, unless you work for Raytheon or BlackRock, 
I'm, I'm not exactly sure how many of you are feeling this boost in the manufacturing economy at the moment. But set that aside for just a second. This is, there's nothing, there's no patriotic talking point anymore. Well, we have to fight them over here, over there, so they don't come over here. There is no patriotic, just straight up. Yeah, I'm going to say it. We've talked on, the, on this show the last couple of years about how the powers that be on the left have decided they either don't want to or don't have to lie to us anymore. So all the old camouflaged talking points, the fig leaves of old, are all gone now. Just out in the open, we just want to diddle the kids. Just out in the open, we just want to kill the kids. We just want to kill the babies. We just want to do it. Just out in the open. It's just out in the open now, right? Yes. Just out in the open. No fear. All shame. No fear, all shame. Well, godlessness, is it, is it unique to one particular side of any conflict? No. No. And you're going to get this much more on the so-called right now, too. So the old jingoistic talking points out the window. Well, I mean, we just... Our economy needs a jolt, and we don't like Putin, so this worked out for us. That, that's what he said. Is that not what he said? That's what he said. Didn't, didn't have a specific strategic interest. Didn't, didn't have a, an end game. No missional statement. Put a smile on his face. Yeah. Huh? I mean, it seems like a win-win. You know, our economy needs a boost, and, you know, can use this. We can exploit Ukraine to boost our own, our own corporatist economic interest here. And why not do it against Putin, who nobody likes anyway? That is some cynical shit, man. That is some soulless, technocratic, cynical shit. That, that, those, Democrats ran commercials against Republicans in the 80s and 90s alleging stuff like this. <laughs> and remember, we used to defend those people from these kinds of things, Remember? Now we're just Harris. Now we're just Han Solo. It's true. All of it. Every side. We're just Marxist. We're just whores for corporatists. We're just narcissists. Okay. So everything's exposed and we're going to do what? Do you know what we're going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. Who's we? Exactly. That's the whole thing. Right? We had these conversations for the last six months. This is all getting exposed. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sure Sidney Powell got seven felonies forgiven last week because she is going to tell the district attorney in Georgia nothing she wants to hear. But I'm sure that's how it worked out. Okay. Got exposed. Cool. Okay. To what end? Do you know what to end? This is, this is what I was arguing earlier this year when all this stuff started happening with the lawfare. Exposing to what end? And we're going to do what? Because here's all we did. We took the guy who was running the weaponization committee and basically blew him up from a political capital standpoint, Jim Jordan. I mean, he's, his wad is shot. We, we, showed the, we showed the swamp they don't have to fear the uh, almighty Trump endorsement anymore. And showed them that, hey, you can just go ahead and take all our calls and all our emails and just ignore them. 
How are we doing here? Does <laughs> <Is> anybody... <laughs> Someone else talk. I know. I, and now McConnell's just like, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to kill a bunch of Ukrainians because our manufacturing base needs to be repaired. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> all right then. Everybody's just going to fulfill everybody. The other side's commercials just out in the open. Okay, cool. I, I don't know where, I don't honestly know where to go other than let's just, you know, go J. Vernon McGee, Genesis, the Bible, Genesis to Revelation at this point. I, do you guys know where to go? Sounds good to me. <laughs> we might have to do that. Just, I mean, just, okay. I, I don't, Todd, do you know where to go? I don't know where to go I, with this. I just assume he has to become more obviously craven to everyone as whatever deal he made with the devil. And that's the cosmic power that continues to keep his skin Still on his skull because <laughs> when he's interviewed, how does his face stay on anymore? I don't. I, I know I'm not looking or sounding so good right now, but I, I don't think it's any coincidence that he looks the way he does and says the thing he says. That this is Gollum stuff. I I I spent 17 years trying to get out in the open. Yeah. Would all these people now just say out in the open? And then we're all just going to look, ah, okay, cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> so did you see, this? I guess, I guess we're all, we have clarity then. Okay. We're good here. I, I, I just think this is the singularity of the, the lack of seriousness, lack of conviction anybody has. This is GOP representative, Mike Collins. He's got stationary Mike Collins, member of Congress, except he's got wide out over the letter B. Memer of Congress. That is the singularity right there. Okay. Warren is such an outstanding ministry, and they want you to help them put themselves out of business because they look forward to the day that they will no longer be required. Now, we're not there yet. The overturning of Roe v. Wade took a big step to that day, but we're not there yet. Thankfully, Preborn is the rare pro-life organization ministry that was actually prepared for a post-Roe world. They were prepared for, now this is going to go down and this battle is going to happen soul to soul. They were already engaged in that fight, confronting women in crisis with a pregnancy, with the knowledge and the conviction via the ultrasound that, hey, that is another body you're carrying. That's another heartbeat, not your own. And about 80% of the time when women over the years have been confronted with this truth, they, their conscience has been convicted. They have not gone through with their abortion. Did you know that's just 28 bucks, even with Bidenflation? 28 bucks gives you 80% odds that you get to save one of God's creations. I, I know a lot of you would take those odds. But they also know now that that mom is still in crisis. Let's face it. If you're a woman in a secure, healthy relationship, you're probably not thinking of getting an abortion. It's the women who aren't. And so they're there for those moms after they've made the decision to choose a life with prenatal care, postnatal care, counseling even. All of that is free of charge as well, provided they've got tax-deductible donations that cover those costs from people like us. If you would like to make one today, Dial pound 250 on your mobile phone and say the keyword baby. 
pound 250 keyword baby on your mobile phone, or it, it's even simpler uh, to make that donation at preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. I, before we go to Andy, I want to quickly, this is a great postscript from Mark, from Mark Sire, I think is his name, C-Y-R. We thought exposing this level of rot would be the cure to end it. What we never contemplated is that exposing it would be the cure to ending their fear of it. You can't make this stuff up. That's exactly what's happened here. It got exposed. The bluff was called. It was ours. See, they thought that primaries, nobody voted in them for decades because they had done such a good job with the help of, of, of outlets like Fox News of suppressing the truth of just how feckless the Republican Party's representatives truly are. That, that's what they thought. They thought that, well, nobody shows up in these primaries, the same Rotary Club people, same Chamber of Commerce members that vote in every primary, vote in every single one, because we have successfully suppressed the truth and, our, and, and the conservative base is so just far gone that it doesn't even show up to these primaries. That's what they thought. And so they feared that this stuff would get exposed. It just got exposed. Nothing changed. So guess what they're going to do from now on? what Mitch McConnell just did. Well, no, we don't like Putin. And uh, we had to kill a bunch of people in Ukraine because Raytheon needs money. I <laughs> check it. Bet. Okay, then. Right. Now they're just going to tell the truth now. The Say that again, Todd. I'm sorry. The people are the problem. They are. The people are the problem. The prophet says in the scriptures, my people perish for a lack of of knowledge, which is a good segue to this conversation. Um, Dr. Andrew Boston is going to be a familiar face and voice to a lot of you that uh, followed our show during COVID. Uh, he is the uh, the Brown University MD epidemiologist, did a lot of great work from his native Rhode Island, uh, talking about COVID and the data out there was a great resource for us. But what a lot of you don't know is he has done an extensive amount of research into the ideologies uh, that are at play in the Middle East as well, including his book, The Legacy of Islamic Anti-Semitism. And we want to welcome him uh, to the program again, Andy. It's good to see you, brother. How are you? Good to see you. I wish it was under better circumstances. Indeed. So let's just cut right to the quick. What do you believe is the greatest misunderstanding the average American has about what is currently happening in Israel and why? Oh, I think the basic misunderstanding is is that this is this is a jihad period. Um, it's animated by jihad, and it's animated, unfortunately, also by um, uh, a, a rather virulent form of of, of Jew hatred, uh, which comes uh, really directly from, from from Islam. I mean, there's there's um, it's it's hard it's hard to um, uh, it, it's 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 hard to mistake that when you hear the leading teaching institutions of both Sunni and Shiite Islam, and I'm not talking about radicals, Steve. It's clearly not talking about radicals. I'm not talking about the the Khomeini's, Khamenei's. I'm not talking about the Hamas clerics. Uh, I, I, I'm talking about uh, uh, Al Azhar University in Cairo, uh, and I'm talking about uh, Alama Tabatabai University in Iran. Those are those are the largest religious teaching centers. Uh, of, of Sunni and Shiite Islam, uh, respectively. And the, the uh, most renowned and educated clerics from those institutions, Al-Azhar 
basically has a, a, a pope-like figure, the grand imam. Um, it's, uh, it, it's not quite so clear in, 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 in Shiite Islam in terms of education, but there was a towering figure, uh, Alama Tabatabai, after whom the university was, was, uh, was named. Yeah. And if you read, if you read uh, the, the writings of, of the uh, Grand Imam Tantawi, for example, he, he's, he, he passed in, in 2010, but his, his successor is just as bad. Um, all the, all the anti-Semitic motifs that I studied from the Quran itself, from, from the Hadith, the traditions of Muhammad, from, from the sacred biographies of Muhammad, are put forth in a very straightforward way to be accepted and to be eternalized. I, I, there's no more, uh, you know, a blunt way uh, uh, to put it. And I think this filters down, Steve. Uh, so when you see a horrible document like the Hamas Covenant, uh, which people have, you know, started to read again, um, and, you, and you see the jihadism and Jew hatred that drips from it, um, know, know that in reality, it's, it's not really different than these, than these um, mainstream towering personages in, 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 in Islam. And that is truly tragic. And that the conflict it itself um, really has more to do with uh, a jihad, yes, to, to a, over a certain piece of territory, but realize that when, um, when Islam burst out of uh, Arabia, and there were these jihad conquests beginning in 634. Uh, the the land was was being farmed by Christians, Jews, uh, Samaritans. Um, sure, they had come under under other conquerors, but uh, they had established a modus vivendi, and uh, it, it's Islam that really changed the equation and put everyone, uh, you know, massacre, pillage, enslavement, deportation, and then put everyone under Islamic law. And essentially, through different conquerors, uh, different Arab, Arab uh, um, empires, uh, obviously the Ottoman Turks, Islamic law was never lifted. What, what lifted Islamic law uh, was, first of all, the, the Br British colonialism to, to, to a certain extent, but, but ultimately, it was the creation of the State of Israel, uh, which liberated uh, the, the Jews and, frankly, other minorities that stayed within Israel fr from, from the Sharia. And all all its uh, all its um, inequalities and and humiliations for for, for non-Muslims, um, and that's really what the jihad is all about. To to so to take this this piece of land, which liberated itself from the Sharia and reimposed the Sharia. That that's it in a nutshell. You even see it in in an Al Azhar fatwa from 1956, when Israel existed within the 1949 armistice border. So basically, Egypt controlled Gaza, if you want to look at it that way, and Jordan controlled uh, Judea Samaria, the West Bank. Al Azhar at that point issued a fatwa that said jihad had to been ha had to be waged by the global Muslim Ummah to uh, destroy Israel, certainly as a political entity. And those Jews that survived this type of vicious campaign uh, would be would be allowed to live only under the rest the restored Islamic law as as subjugated. Uh, the word is dimi. It comes from a, the mm -hmm. Quran 929 <laughs> pact. Uh, and it's again, it, 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 they have no true um, religious or sociopolitical uh, freedoms under that under that system, uh, you know. And, and, that, and that's really the gist of the conflict, Steve. It's, it's, it's impossible. I, I hear all this nonsense about nationalisms and two-state solutions, and um, that's really what, not what, 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 what animates this. And, and we have polling data from Palestinian society, from Palestinian Muslim society, um, that just, just from a few months ago, they still favor Hamas 
uh, as more uh, representative of, of them at the local level, which is, and that's well, about- They keep voting for them. Right, well, that was a 10% margin over, over Fatah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Fatah is not much different, but regardless, in terms of who they should actually have as their leader, as their president, if there was such an election again, um, they prefer Ismail Haniyeh of, of, of Hamas over Mahmoud Abbas of Fatah by about 23%. Um, and then, of course, the, the, when, when we poll anti-Semitism across the world, and ADL, for all its flaws, and they're virtually completely flawed, except for this one thing, perhaps, they actually developed a good instrument, simple instrument, to, to, to assess uh, uh, anti-Semitism of, of all stripes. And basically, they, 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 could, they have the respondent answer whether they agree with 11 sort of classical and modern anti, anti-Semitic stereotypes. And if you agree with at least six of them, uh, then I think it's a reasonable definition to say you've got a pretty extreme form of, of anti-Semitism. They apply that scale across the world. The 16 most anti-Semitic countries in the world are all in uh, the Muslim Middle East and, and North Africa, and, they, and, and the percentage uh, prevalence of that degree of extreme anti-Semitism is 74 to 93%, and, and the dubious prize winner, of course, are the Palestinians in, in uh, Gaza and, and, and the West Bank, followed uh, at 93%. And so when Ron DeSantis, if you remember a couple of weeks ago now, a week and a half ago now, got into that kerfuffle about not wanting to um, resettle uh, refugees from Gaza, um, he, he said, well, you know, they don't all necessarily support Hamas, and that's true, um, but they're all anti-Semitic. He, you know, consider it a rounding error. You know, it's 93%, if not 100%. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and there are other attitudes, Steve, that aren't quite as common but that are actually worse. There was an incredible poll done in 2011 by Stanley Greenberg. I don't know if you recall him. He was a he was a longtime uh, uh, pollster for the Clintons. Um, he, you know, the man of the left. Uh, but he was an outstanding pollster. He 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 was also very courageous. He went to Gaza and the West Bank with his team, developed an instrument in Arabic that literally asked them at least two questions right out of the Hamas charter. Uh, face-to-face interviews, over 1,000 Palestinians, 73% of them agreed with this uh, canonical tradition of Muhammad that the Jews had to be massacred en masse to the man and woman uh, to usher in the Messianic age. That was 73%, and that's, that's that's an article in the Hamas Charter. And another article in the Hamas Charter is more about waging a, a jihad to, re, to remove Israel as a uh, political entity, to, to destroy the state of Israel, but not necessarily massacre every last Jew in, in, the, in the state. Um, and and that's, that's an article that calls upon the, the global Muslim Ummah or community to join, to join the Palestinian Muslims in that, in that effort. That, that, was, that, was, uh, that was abided by 80%. So, so we have some very dark attitudes uh, that are that are within that population, and and certainly in that region. And and you know, unfortunately, Steve, we're seeing now the latest polling data that ADL released, and they always hide from it, but at least they do. They, at least they do these surveys. Um, the last survey that they did, because they had a hiatus during COVID, a post-COVID survey that I saw was released in May, but it basically covered the year 2022. And uh, in Belgium, I'm looking at the numbers now, 52% of Muslims had this degree of anti-Semitism, extreme anti-Semitism, versus 21% of Christians. You know, Europe has its own history of anti-Semitism. And then in France, 62% of Muslims versus uh, 15% of Christians. 
So in, in this country, the only polling data I've ever seen that ADL did, um, and they quickly moved on from it and me barely mentioned it. This is a much more philo-Semitic country overall. Um, uh, Non-Muslims uh, was about 14% has this degree of anti-Semitism, but Muslims already had 34%, and I believe that survey was completed around 2017. And I've never seen any additional data come come out from the ADL on that on uh, using this survey and and test and and polling U.S. Muslims. That was a tour de force. And as a result, I've got like two and a half minutes left for a follow-up question. So I, I just want to make sure that our audience walks away with a good summation of everything that you just itemized, which you are pointing out with all the data that you thoroughly just laid out there, is that the differences here go beyond just how much more land Israel can give away, like it gave, it gave Gaza autonomy, back in 2005, for example, that that this is more than your typical Western arguments about income inequality and who's got access to institutional, um, you know, benefits and privilege and things of that nature, that that is a clear misunderstanding of the root of the difference here, which is that you are up against a worldview that doesn't believe you have a right to exist regardless of those other factors that Westerners calculate. Is that a good summation of everything that you just itemized? Absolutely. And, and you have to go back to conforming with uh, an Islamic law based uh, existence, which was which was a very, very unpleasant existence, not just for Jews, but but for all non-Muslim minorities. And it still is to this day where the Sharia is implied. I'm sorry, is applied even even in part. And one, one tragic thing that, you know, that that just came out last week. Um, I was shocked to see a, a signal poll of over 2,000 Americans. Now, it was very poorly described in terms of the, 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 um, the components uh, populations. But so they don't tell you how many Jews, how many Muslims, et cetera. I, at least I couldn't find it. But whatever number of Muslims they polled, 58% agreed with the proposition that Hamas was justified in, in attacking Israel. And we now know what that attack looked like. 1,400 killed in one day in bar just purely barbaric manner uh, in, in so many instances, uh, eviscerations, mutilations. Uh, I've got one minute. I've got one minute. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, kill, killing of, of, of infants, et cetera. How anyone, how, any, how 58% of any population could could agree with that? It's just mind-boggling, and and those and those those are those are U.S. Muslims. So that's the worldview that we have imported here. It's it sure looks like that, Steve. Hmm. It's hard to avoid at this point. Andy, good to see you. I agree. I wish it was under better circumstances, brother. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me say these things. Quite frankly, I really appreciate it. Well, they're things I think people need to hear. So you're welcome, brother. Take care. Quick thoughts on that conversation. Uh, I feel the way you felt after talking about Ditch McConnell. So, okay, then. But what, what are we going to do? We know it. It's out there. We thought if people actually knew, if they actually saw this is good, the blood. Because this one, unlike, we still don't have footage of whatever's going on in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. This has been grisly. It seems to be for real. It seems it wasn't just some Islamic white pages uh, they were uh, pushing around. It does seem to be true. And again, no one can be moved off of their idols. Yep. The West is suicidal. Yeah. That's the only logical 
at least I don't see anything, applying Occam's razor to all things uh, that we've talked about here. That seems to be the the conclusion that requires the fewest amount of assumptions. The West is just suicidal. Yes. And part of that suicide mission is the projection of its own secular, statist, godless worldview to other cultures and just assuming that they all think the exact same way and are driven by the same impulses. Right. And that just makes it all the more suicidal. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He is Aaron McIntyre. He is a still recovering, but nevertheless looking more alert than Joe Biden, uh, Todd Erzin. And I already told you who I was. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E is how the last name is spelled. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me on uh, at, uh, on Twitter, what, TikTok, Instagram, at Steve Day Show is where you can follow me on those platforms. If you're a podcast listener, hit follow if you're on iTunes or subscribe. That way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And then let us know that you love us, if you do. Leave us a five-star review as well on the podcast platform of your choice. We are pushing to get over 10,000 of those, and we are close to that number, so please keep it coming. Thank you very much to each of you that has done those things for us already. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They have been one of the trailblazers in establishing the much-needed alternative or parallel economy and thankfully one place that it is fully available is with one device we all must have access to in modern america that's our mobile phones so make the switch today and i know what you're thinking man that would just be a huge hassle we got multiple lines i don't know man i thought all the same things and then one day t-mobile that i'd been with for nearly 20 years let us know that they're going to start censoring text messages on covid that they find uh Uh, to be, quote, misinformation. And that's finally when I called over to Patriot Mobile after years of telling you about them and saying, okay, I've now got to bite the bullet ourselves. We're out. We're going to make the switch. man. I I thought it was going to be a major hassle. It wasn't. They did such a great job. They have an outstanding customer service team. Find out for yourself. All right, make the switch today. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make that switch. They've got extra ways of saying thank you to you for your service. For the rest of us, you get a free activation if you make the, make the switch today with the offer code Steve. That's your discount code, my first name. Steve, when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve with the offer code Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. And with that... Let's get to Ask Me Anything. No question is off limits. We put this up for our Facebook followers yesterday. I think we've got nearly 300 questions, Todd, that you had to, to cull and to curate and to, and to filter. Correct. You have handed those questions off to Aaron. Of course, I've not seen any of them in advance, so I have no idea what is coming. And I guess I'll find out now when the rest of you find out as well. Aaron. We'll begin with Todd Miller, who asks, have you read I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist by Frank Turek? I have not, but I am familiar with the book and uh, and with Frank. 
and I've been on his show and he has been on ours and I've seen his stuff, um, a couple of the videos associated with it uh, on the NRB network as well. Next, we go to Carla Jensen. We just moved to Ogden, Iowa from California. Good riddance, California. I was wondering if there is a local Des Moines TV station that you would recommend for local news, one that live streams their broadcasts. No, I don't watch any of them. And if you did, they wouldn't be good. That's why I don't watch them. Yeah, they're all they're all terrible. They're all terrible. They're all just given over to the spirit of the age, and I don't. I just. I I mean, our local. I don't even try. Our local ABC affiliate is literally just an experiment in intersectionality. That's that's basic. That's not a news station. It's just intersectionality. Here's intersectionality today. That's basically all it is. In fairness to that, and I didn't know that until I started seeing their ads during the college football games this fall. In fairness to that local ABC affiliate, they have literally tried everything else to yeah, be relevant and profitable true. and nothing else worked. So maybe they just decided, let's just go ahead and, and you know, become a straight up outlet to the spirit of the age. And at least they'll send us their corporations for advertising dollars. Uh, now, here, this does lead into a question I get a lot. Where do I get my news from? And... Uh, here's what I do, and it's what I would urge everyone else to do, because if I didn't, I wouldn't do it myself. I would use Twitter, and I would, um, I would follow a lot of different people from a lot of different belief systems, because it gives you access to what is comprehensively going on in the news without having to long form ingest any of it if you don't want to. Let me give you one example of what I mean. You go to one of your local news stations, they're all given over. Who did that video like a year or two ago where all the local news stations are all saying the same thing? This is a danger to our democracy. Yeah, there's multiple videos like that. Like if you want to tune into your local news tonight, there might be something you need to know about and you want to hear about. But in order to get to that, you're going to have to long form ingest several moments of just total rot gut. Like the, the bowels of hell belched. And you're going to have to breathe all that in, in long form, in order to get access to the one thing that you wanted. Okay? If you use Twitter, you don't have to do that. If you use Twitter, you can just simply get brief snippets of everything and then you decide if you want a long form exposure to the rot gut for whatever reason that's why i suggest twitter it's why i use twitter it's mainly not to mention just you know to vent the other main reason of what i use twitter for and i think that's its most constructive tool is it gives you an opportunity to get informed from a wide variety of sources without having to guarantee that you will have to ingest, you know, mainline the rot gut in order to get the one piece of information that you want. Can I also expand on this a little bit too? Along those lines, I do, I I endorse what you just said personally. Here's where worldview and understanding human nature come into play as well. It's incredibly important. If that's how you, if that's your primary news source is Twitter, you must have a competent worldview, one that actually makes sense, and you must understand human nature because you're going to be able to filter out what's BS and what's not if you have those two things on Twitter because there's a lot of BS on Twitter as well. Correct. But I'm, I'm kind of just, it's good that you clarified that. You're going to need to have that in the era in which we live anyway. On all fronts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just feel so bad for 
Sorry, so, I had your mic muted once you. No, my bad. Yeah, I, I, it, all the technical issues you might—they're blaming me. Um, I feel bad for the person who did what you encourage people to do: move. And they have a, a, a smiley face <laughs> question like, "Can you? Where's the great places?" Oh, yeah, uh, news sucks. It's just like where you came from, probably. Yeah, because they're all owned by the same yeah. companies. Yeah, they're. It, you know, it used to be that you couldn't own a newspaper and a TV station in the same market. That's gone now. They're all owned by the same corporate DEI, ESG outlets. They all are, and they're basically all gone. Yeah. Uh, Ford Boyd says, knowing that the sports world needs controversy, what controversy will be created with the expanded playoff? Will the committee wade into the DEI pool and throw the best HBCU to the playoff, even if they aren't a top 12 team? That's never happening. I can't believe this is even a serious question. No, come on. There's no fan base, no interest. They're, they're, they're creating, they're going to 12 teams to get people, more people to watch. When you only have four, what's happened is there's too many other now of these, of these postseason games that nobody watches or goes to, even with major teams, because they're deemed as irrelevant. So they had to expand it to create more relevant games. And you've got way too many big brands that aren't taking part that have huge fan bases and generate huge television ratings. And so now they'll not only get to take part, but there will be even more teams as we head into this time of year next year, starting next November, who will think they have a chance to take part. And so there will be more meaningful games. Like right now, well, this year maybe isn't a great year because it's more a little bit more wide open than it has been. But every other year of the four-team playoff, we pretty much knew that there were, there were six or seven teams for the four spots by heading into November, pretty much every single year, right? Pretty much. And that, that, that made a lot of the other games, for a lot of people, irrelevant. Now there's going to be a lot more relevant games. The only time, there's only two times the HB, HBUs have, have, or HBCs, I should say, have been relevant in the last 30 years. When Steve McNair played there and when Deion Sanders coached there. Other than that, I'm sure they're great academic institutions. They're not relevant. That's not going to happen. This is about money. Nothing more, nothing less. Money. Jim McCowan says, when do you think the first attack will happen on U.S. soil? And how do you think the U.S. government will respond when it happens? So, you know what? I said to you guys I was going to share a text with you. I, don't say the name of who it's from, though. I told you it was from. Okay. Got it. Okay, I don't, I don't have clearance from this person yet to share that they're the source, okay? But I did tell you guys who the source was just a few minutes ago. I said, remind me, I want to share this text from so-and-so during the break. Yeah. The source is a pretty legit source. Yeah. Yeah? Right? Yeah. Not, not fly-by-night or anything of that nature. No. Nope. No. Nope. Been on our show before. Mm -hmm. Many, much of our audience would know who it is. Right. Right? Okay. I want to share with you a text he sent me that I saw. He sent me overnight because he's in a different time zone. And so I saw it first thing this morning. This is not normally something I would do. Except for two things. The unprecedented era in which we live and who the person is that sent this to me. This evening, I was briefed by a U.S. Marine Force recon operator and a U.S.-based Israeli Mossad agent. 
They told me that the United States can expect urban combat and urban assaults to break out as early as the next couple of months, if not sooner. They said that NSA intelligence monitoring is that if anything should happen to Iran by the U.S. and or Israel, there are key cells of jihadists being monitored and that are intending to incite violence in the extreme. The concern is the numbers of people involved, because many are illegal aliens who may not be Muslims, but are united in the overthrow of the U.S. I know this is seemingly crazy, and yet if it wasn't for these two men and their credentials and the fact that I know them, I would not be taking this so seriously. They said that October 7th would pale in comparison to what would come against the United States in this scenario. House-to-house, neighborhood-to-neighborhood levels of assault. They advised me personally to stay out of places such as Los Angeles, Santa Ana, San Diego, and San Francisco. Forgive me in advance for bearing such bad news. Again, if, if I didn't know who this person was, and if I, if I didn't trust this person implicitly, I would not have shared this with you on the air. But I, I, I want to go back to something I pointed out a couple of weeks ago. Since 9-11, we have imported 2.3 million people from countries dominated by Islam. 2.3 million. 2.3 million. Let's say we really did thoroughly vet them all. Do you think we, do you guys think we thoroughly vetted them all? I do not. No. But let's say we did. And let's say our hit rate is 99%, not even mathematically possible. The only people that believe that hit rate is possible believe also that it's possible to have the greatest one time expansion of mail in ballots in the history of U.S. presidential elections and have the amount of ballots that were actually thrown out for being filled out wrong despite that great increase in volume go down and weren't suspicious of that at all. Weren't suspicious of that at all. First time in human history, a great increase in volume of a process led to more efficiency of said process. It has never happened before, ever, ever. Ever. Never happened before. Never, no human enterprise ever in any field until the last election ever saw a great increase in volume of a process. And that increase, a, a great first time, I should say, a great first time increase in volume of a process. And it led to a more efficient process. We actually had a lower percentage of ballots thrown out for being incorrectly filled out than we had in previous elections. Make sense of that to me. You can't. But just stick with me. Even the one? Go ahead. E even the ones dropped off in the middle of the night? In, even the ones dropped boxes? off in the middle of the night in boxes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You don't say. They were all filled out. In many cases, uniformly exactly the same. Weird. Anyway. Let's say we did thoroughly vet them, and 99% of them we were right about. Just... Decent people made in the image of God, escaping tyranny that just want a chance at freedom. 
So let's say we thoroughly vetted them. We didn't. Let's say we we even were right about 99% of them being otherwise peaceful people. They're not. But let's say that's the case. That 1% would represent over 23,000 potential Islamist sleeper cells in the country right now. Just about 20 pulled off the worst attack on our homeland since Pearl Harbor. And really the worst attack on our homeland, if you look at the continental United States, since the Brits burned down the White House in 1812. Just only 20 of them. We're talking about well over 20,000. Let's say we had a 99.999% hit rate. That would mean over 2,300. Over 2,300. If you prorate for population, the amount of carnage Hamas caused in Israel on October 7th, if you prorate that into the U.S. population, you're, you're over 50,000 lives. Meaning you would have essentially all the deaths of the Vietnam War, all the U.S. fatalities in the Vietnam War in one day. In one day. One day. This is why James Woods tweeted out over the weekend the comments from Ron DeSantis talking about, if you hate America, we're deporting you. If you hate America, we're not letting you in. If you preach violence and anti-Semitism, we're throwing you out. We're not letting you in. And what did James Woods say? Hey, regardless if we want to support in this primary, every candidate needs to be sounding like this and saying these things. But they're not all saying these things. They're not. One is. He is. I'll let that answer the question and just leave it there. Whatever they expected, putting that on Facebook, I don't think they expected getting that answer. No, probably not. And again, I I had no idea this question was coming. You didn't have a clue what this text was I was about to read. No. I just told you guys, I meant to read it before... I, we got done, got started with the show, but we had to do some housekeeping items before we got there. And so I just told you guys just on a whim during the last break, hey, remind me next break, I want to read to you this text I got. And I told you it was from. Yeah. Well, now that you've heard the text, gentlemen, what's your reaction to that? Um, it's every impulse, fear, thought that I have about planning for the future has some version of a text like that in the back of my mind. How, how could it not be? I, 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 I think of with my youngest two following their oldest at college, all of them getting married where they have families. Somehow, some way, this ghastliness fits into it because there's no amount of evil that we appear willing to stand up to. My reaction, stay strapped. Make sure your church 
And if you send your kids to school, make sure uh, there's a security plan in place. And if there's not, especially at your church, demand that one is, is put into place. That's my reaction. Next, we go to Audrea Fuller. Can you explain more about what ballot harvesting is and the comments I hear that that's what Republicans should be doing and why they always lose in blue states? So ballot harvesting is essentially collecting ballots by any means necessary outside of the normal electoral process. This is an excellent question, by the way. Thank you for asking it. Um, this, it. It means the collection of ballots outside of the normal process, outside of an, just a normal, um, I go and vote on the day of at my precinct or the election office or where elections are normally held to now we put a box in a senior center. Uh, we put a box in a church. We put a box uh, on a street corner. Uh, if you saw uh, Dinesh's movie, uh, 2000 mules, uh, we just, you know, put, we, we put these boxes anywhere in neighborhoods so that, uh, it's motor voter. Uh, we supposedly do so in order to make it easier for people to vote, but then essentially it also, well, the more volume of something you get, the more inefficiency you are supposed to get alongside of it. What they told us in the last election is we had this great influx of volume of mail-in ballots beyond what we are typically able to withstand systemically, except in this case, we had even less efficiency or even less inefficiency than before. But basically, it just says you can put, uh, you can put a, a box anywhere you want for people to vote anytime they want, particularly in a place that is advantageous for you. The, the, the problem, there are problems with Republicans trying to duplicate this process. They should, if these are the rules, and they should. If, this is, if these are the new ground rules now that we're just going to let you do this, they should. It's, it's not going to be as easy for Republicans to duplicate. Why? Well, because one of the places where it would be the most beneficial for Republicans to ballot harvest is the church. However, right now, there are two problems with trying to ballot harvest via the church. Number one is the problem of how many churches would even would let you do that. Can't get our hands dirty with politics, don't you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how many churches would even let you do that? Number one. Then number two, though, Republicans going out of their way right now to prop up the church, defend the church. Not so much. Not so much, no. I mean, the last Republican president shut the church down, shut down the churches. A lot of Republican governors shut the churches down. The guy that polls are telling us is a cinch to be the new GOP nominee by 70,000 points is out there saying we need to stop being pro-life. So between the gutless churches that are totally have have are silent on the drag queen story time hour happening at the library down the road from their Sunday services. And there's plenty of those that would, that would be a problem. Even if the relationship between the church and the Republican party was extremely cozy, right? That right. would, that would be a problem anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So, but now you're also throwing in, yeah, team GOP and the church right now. It's, it, it's more like the the marriage that just stays together for the kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've, I've been in a marriage that stayed together for the kids. So I know exactly what I'm saying. Okay. That was our marriage just a few years ago. I know what that is. All right. She sleeps downstairs. You sleep upstairs or you switch on and off. Okay. And you're just, there's, there's no intimacy there. So I know exactly what it is because I lived it for a while. So I get it. Um, that's kind of the relationship right now. Like right now, like in a place like Iowa, great relationship between the active churches and our governor, for example. So if our governor went to those active churches and said, we're going to ballot harvest, I think they would listen to it, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But then we'd still have the problem of the gutless churches. They don't want to get their hands dirty. That would still be a problem. Okay. I would imagine, you know, if you're a politically active church in a place like Florida, you're probably pretty happy right now. Fair? Yeah. Okay. So if Ron DeSantis called you up and said, hey, we're going to start ballot harvesting, you'd probably listen. Right? But now we've got a double whammy. We've got the gutless churches, and there's far more of those, by the way, that don't want to get their hands dirty. Far more of the gutless churches that don't want to do that. But then on top of that, the, the churches that would be willing to go to battle for you, Team GOP hasn't been all that... All that loyal to those churches as of late. So... That could be an uncomfortable conversation. Hey, hey, you know that Republican who believes in gay marriage, Pastor? Yeah, we need to put a ballot box in the foyer of your church to uh, stuff the ballot for that guy to get reelected to the Senate. Not the easiest sell, right? Right. Not the easiest sell right now. Hey, you know that presidential candidate who thinks that uh, we ought to go ahead and let over 90% of abortions occur? And the country's over if he doesn't win. So we need to stuff the ballot for it. We need you to put the, the ballot box here in the atrium and encourage people to vote early and often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of the problem, you know, that, that, uh, and then a lot of other places that people that Republicans tend to congregate are places where private commerce happens. Not a lot of businesses are going to want to do that in this era. If you're a conservative or a Christian business owner, you need lamb's blood on the door more than you need to advertise. We're ballot harvesting for Republicans, okay? And then if you do, you'll even more need the lamb's blood on the door. So we should be doing it on the right. We should try it. I just don't think it's going to be as easy to do it on the right maybe as, as you're being sold, okay? We don't have as many natural outlets to do it as they do. And also because baked into the cake for the reason to have this at all is not to make voting easier, but to cheat easier. Exactly. Exactly. So the very same people then that now cover up the windows when you want to make sure they're counting things okay, will look the other way at the cheating when one size do it, will look all the harder. Correct. Especially in the, that will be the great, in the churches, they're like, that's where they cheat more. And it's a separation of church and state. I mean, correct. It's madness. Correct. You, you'll be able to have quarterback. They'll, they'll be able to have quarterbacks who play school and then they'll be able to just flat out pay guys over under oh, yeah. the table whenever they want. Yes. All right. And money laundry through shoe companies. You'll get busted for stealing signs. Exactly. That's what will happen. No specific example cited there. Just 
uh, for instance. Esther Wolber says, is there a specific end date for pumpkin spice season? How this is were the lotion and lip balm I sent? I, I have the I have not tried either one yet. I, that's a lie. I have it. No, they're both on my desk at home, though. Do you okay. does, do you believe that anyone believes that? Steve? It's true. I, I haven't opened it up yet. I did smell it, man. They smelled glorious. Okay. I will use the lip balm when we get into winter because I always have chap lips issues. So I will definitely use it then. But the, I've got the lotion on my desk at home. I just have not, and I, where I write my books, I just uh, haven't tried it yet. And I don't think there's ever an end to pumpkin spice season. I just think there is a peak pumpkin spice season, and we're in that right now. But it never ends for me. I mean, come January, I will load up on a bunch of you know, you know pumpkin spice special K and just little by little throughout the course of the uh, the year when I need a fix. You oh, know, look. that's my doctor feel good. There's the dude cut over there. It just burst into flames at the reading <laughs> of that Facebook. Ask me anything right there. Did you get the lotion and lip balm I sent you? Oh, dear God. <laughs> and how about I just didn't even deny it? Hey, dude, I we know. started this show off with Mitch McConnell saying, we've got to kill a bunch of Ukrainians in Crimea. Because Lockheed, Martin, and Raytheon need money. And we don't like Putin anyway, so this seems like a marriage made in hell. Okay. You know what? Freaking can't wait to try the pumpkins. If that's the air in which we're in, let's go. All right, let's just rip it off. I can't wait to try the pumpkin spice hand lotion later this winter when my hands get dry. Right now, though, it's not cold enough for that. So it's, they're just it's sitting there waiting. Nobody needs to... No, don't hide anything now. Just let it out. No, there are some things that need to be hidden. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things that need to remain hidden. Thanks for sharing. Self-awareness is dead in America. Shame is dead in America. Just let the freak flag fly. The minute my hands get uh, dry, I'll be trying the pumpkin spice lotion. I'll let you. All, I'll let you all know how it goes. Do I know you will? All right, we'll come back. More Ask Me Anything in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at the Wellness Company. Folks, let's just cut to the chase. There's red flags flying in every direction right now. Turbo cancers, miscarriages, blood clots, myocarditis. It's pretty clear that something is up. By the way, do you guys know what Alex Berenson and Naomi Wolf are arguing about on Twitter? No idea. Because they're like literally posting the exact same things. Do, does anybody know what this is even about? It started a while ago. They're, they're, they're literally posting the exact same things about the exact same stuff. I don't understand what the back and forth between the two of them is. I think it was actually more substantive early on when there was more actual fog of war and stuff. maybe he thought she jumped the gun but now yeah, he's posting all the same right, stuff yeah. that she got banned for so saying so what is, is what are we even doing just wallowing in the bitterness okay whatever i mean you know what go back a couple weeks ago watch the interview we did with dr peter mccullough multiple award-winning cardiologist started not one not two three different medical journals in his career maybe the most decorated cardiologist in american history so many truth bombs there, and all you need to know is this is the company that he helped to start. 
the wellness company. Uh, get the spike support formula. It's a game changing supplement to get that spike protein out of your system, whether it's from COVID infection in my case or COVID injection for those of you that got coerced into taking that poison. All right. You need better mental clarity, increased energy, and to get that toxin out of your body. All right, so take back control of your health. Uh, use the discount code Steve at checkout for 10% off your order. TWC for the wellness company. TWC.health slash Steve is where you want to go. TWC.health slash Steve. That's TWC.health slash Steve. Aaron, let's continue on. We will continue with Jim Heron, who asks, Do you think there are good things that came out of the Enlightenment? Was America at least once great partly because of the new science of government or in spite of it? I do. But I, I think that you have to understand that all of these things, whether it was the Enlightenment or the Renaissance, at the time that they occurred, would have had some tethering to a biblical worldview. That was the dominant worldview of the West. I mean, consider that from 15 the early 16th century until the early 19th century. Or no, I, I, I might go even further. The early 20th century. Because it really wasn't until the pre and post World One era that the Darwinian viewpoint really began to surge in any American institution of note. So from Halloween or All Hallows Eve, October 31st, 1517, when that Augustinian monk, Martin Luther, nailed those 95 theses to the door of the seminary at Wittenberg, until the early 20th century, so 400 years, the dominant debate in Western civilization was Catholics versus Protestants. Now, I'm not saying that all those years, each team sent their best. I'm not saying all those years, each team made their, made their teammates proud. So this is not, I'm not here to relitigate all 400 of those years and let everybody cherry pick who was the guy, who was the one on each team too often that showed their rear end. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they were perfect. Did I say they were the perfect worldviews? Is that what I said? No. no. I said they were the dominant worldviews. The dominant worldview debate in the West was between Protestants and Catholics. So even when we had among the worst examples of each team representing said teams, Somewhere buried in and around their own human, human fallibility and sinfulness was a plumb line of Christianity. Somewhere. So it was always there. In some degree. It was present in every meaningful cultural debate in the West for almost half a century. Is that the dominant debate we have in the culture now? No. No. Is that the dominant debate occurring anywhere in the West? No. And before we even get to sectarian differences between Catholics and Protestants, 
And I'm not here to undervalue those differences. I think they should be hashed out and debated and discussed. And we've done that on this show many a time. Nevertheless, I look forward to the day and age when we can have those debates again. Because right now, there isn't a plumb line of Christianity in any major debate in the West. It's not a part of the debate in the West. In any vestige. Anywhere. You can take a traditionally Catholic country like Ireland or Scotland and 8% of Catholics or something like that in those countries go to mass on a regular basis. Look at all the evangelical states of the Bible Belt. Not a single one of them have a majority of the general population that goes to church at least once a month. Not a single one of them do. In fact, the highest church attendance by the general population in the country is LDS in Utah. The kids are not all right. Things are not going well. We are often debating now, instead of people claiming we represent Christianity, no, we do. The debate now is we represent humanism. No, we do. Do you want your humanism served up with a side of guns and low taxes? So you have a less regulated Sodom and Gomorrah. Or do you want to just go whole hog das Kapital? That's the debate now. Luther and Erasmus? <laughs> now you've got Bill Maher versus the nutbags on MSNBC. That's the debate now. How's that going? Working out? Mm. Everybody happy with the direction we're heading? No. No? So, that's why we're revival or bust. Anything we create that we separate from the word of God will fail us. Anything. Anything. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. How many charities in America were established because of Christianity? Got rid of their Christianity and they kept doing the charity for a while. But now they're just, you know, posting their pronouns on Twitter. Yes. Okay. Anything we establish as human beings apart from the word of God will fail us. Anything. Anything will. And that's the era we live in now. The, the roots of our issues are not, we went too far during the Enlightenment or uh, the Renaissance. Most Americans can't spell Renaissance, okay? The issues we have now are we have abandoned the Word of God. And we're just blind guides now. We're the blind leading the blind. Fumbling around in the darkness. 
and you can you can have either the French Revolution or the Bolshevik Revolution. I guess if that's my choice, I'll take my chances. I guess with the French Revolution. But if I remember right from my history that we don't teach anymore, uh, they both ended they they both ended fairly poorly for the church, if I recall. They did. Yeah, I believe that at the end of both, a bunch of uh, much of the church got uh, uh, sent off to camps or beheaded at the end of each of them. Correct. Yeah, you're, you're, we're starting to get into the land of the choices that uh, the dead had at the end of their lives recently in. Israel when they were attacked on the morning of October 7th. If we're choosing between the Bolsheviks mm-hmm. or the French. You mean in a broader cultural. Yes, in a broader there, cultural. Yeah, there, I'm just saying you're like, there's, there's no, no good, There's no life or, there. There's no win there. We're talking doom. Yeah. Before we continue on, let me remind you about our friends over at Jace Medical. They came on with the Jace case, which does include ivermectin, by the way, I'm told now. You can get ivermectin in your Jace case if you still want to get your Jace case. Not a lot of places to get ivermectin anymore. I mean, it's a really dangerous drug that um, won the Nobel Prize in 2015. So there's that. But uh, Anyway, they want to make sure that now you can back up your existing medications too. Lest you also wake up one day when you need it the most and you find out what you need is now dangerous. Or you find out from the great physician known as Terry Bradshaw that it's just horse pace. Get a backup of your existing medications now when you go to jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E is how they spell it. jacemedical.com. Use the code DACE at checkout for a discount. Code DACE at checkout for a discount when you go to jacemedical.com. Again, code DACE at checkout for a discount. Whether we're talking cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health, whatever you need a back above, they'll help you. JaceMedical.com. Discount code DACE. Next, we go to Karen Lynn LaRoche. Do you celebrate Halloween? And if so, why? I know you love planting these questions. You do this every year. I know you enjoy it. I know you do. I didn't make up this segment. You say I go there. You pick the questions. I pick the questions. I know you love doing this every year. Every year. It's topical. Why, why? Why? This is like a fetish of yours to have somebody ask me about Halloween every single year. Why? I just, just admit it. It's okay. We're, we're in the era of just owning it. Just out in the open. I don't think it's a secret that this is, uh, I, there's, go, there's a, a reason why a lot of Christians, and they're all, and there have been, I think, as long as you've done the show, have uh, asked you, I uh, wanted to know why you do because I, they think it's problematic. And hey, let's face it: when we believe there's more actual demons running around than ever, it's probably a more relevant question than ever. So I don't have any strong feeling one way or the other about it. But there's people who wants to know. Someone just texted me pumpkin spice toilet paper. I like. I'm in. Like, he's like, I want your reason. Why? <laughs> Why, Todd? Um, I demand answers. Let, let's Did def- you hear about the we, pumpkin spice? Based toilet paper, yes. We um, hand out candy every year. Um, and uh, uh, let our kids trick-or-treat. Took them trick-or-treating every year. Yeah, same with ours. So... 
you know, what did you, just going back, the timing of this is good. When you were talking about Luther, mm -hmm. when did you say? All Hallows Eve, you October 31st. You don't say. Yeah. See, yeah. so I, I think a lot, do you know any of the history of this? Stop, stop. Sorry. It just, okay. that, anything Sorry. after that is a no. Anything after that is a no, typically. Yeah. Almost anything. I else. just get the feeling like this, people think Halloween was invented in like... 1965. Yeah. I don't have a problem if you don't want to celebrate it. Yeah, that's true. I don't have a problem. I, I understand the reasons why you would not. Um, I, To me, I, you know, we had rules. Our kids couldn't dress up as sure. killers or monsters right. or irredeemable characters. The one, er, the one year we, we, we even debated it was Noah wanted to dress up like Darth Vader. And then he successfully made the, made the argument that he was redeemed at the end by what he did to the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. And so I was so impressed with his argumentation skills at that young of an age that I let him dress up as Darth Vader. Okay. But every other year, our kids dressed up as redeemable characters, you know. And we had fun with it, you know. Yeah. We carved pumpkins and we had fun with it. I mean, we didn't, you know, go on a murderous spree or anything of that nature, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Which is most people. And I think we, we didn't take part in any druid rites. Well, okay. that part, it is genuinely concerning how much adults have increasingly seemed to glom onto yeah. this as a, a passionate holiday. That That is genuinely concerning. In our neighborhood, in our exurb, there are more fake corpses, and by a long shot, more fake corpses out in people's front yards right now than there are political signs. Maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. That is saying something. And, I, you know, now that you mention it, that might be true in my suburb, too. Uh, finally, Monty Robinson, and we've got quite a few more uh, for overtime. Monty okay. Robinson says, Drone racing, bowling, skydiving, esports, and even curling were recently brought up during a friendly debate with friends as an example of sport, I disagreed, but was failing to quantify what a sport actually is. So, in your opinion, what defines something as a sport? I I would say any you could define anything that is a legitimate competition as a sport. The argument is over is more about what makes you an athlete. I think that there are certain physical traits that determine whether or not you are an athlete. But I think there are lots of legitimate competitions that could be defined as a sport just because of you can define a sport as a competitive endeavor it may or may not have physical demands on it you know um but the real sticking point here is nascar correct because there needs to be some level of, of some level of physical conditioning to withstand the g-forces and everything else involved not to mention the holding of your bladder um in in, in that level of, of high speed engagement on a prolonged period of time okay but typically that's that's why is nascar a sport yes are nascar drivers athletes i would say no i would say no so i i think ultimately and lots of things can be sports that may or may not involve a certain level of physical prowess but ultimately i think physical prowess is what determines whether or not you are an athlete as someone who has raised 
daughters who are who are collegiate level of athletes, maybe one of them Olympic level. Do you agree or disagree, Todd, with that distinction? No. No. You're okay with it? Yeah. Okay. Like chess can be a sport. If you're winning a chess tournament, that could be a sport. Are chess players athletes? No. Maybe you are an athletic chess player, but playing chess doesn't make you an athlete. Right. Right. Okay. All right, we're going to stick around. we got a few more questions to answer. We'll do that in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.